Well, it's said that in just a moment, a life can change. In just a moment, a life can change. I want to talk to you today about the power of a moment. Now, I need your help for just a moment. Moms, you'll be good at this. Reflexively, without a lot of thinking, what fingers, what hand do you use when you want to get your kid's attention and you snap at them? Would you just, maybe on the count of three, everybody join me in the room, just do it together. One, two, three. There you go. That, that was, that's pretty good. That's how quick and the amount of time it takes to move one finger across the other making that noise. That's how quick a life can change. Today is Easter Sunday. And we're celebrating the fact that about 2,000 years ago, in a moment, early in the morning, the Bible tells us, that Jesus, who had given his life on the cross, who was completely dead, came back to life. In that moment, everything changed. Human history changed. The course of events changed. Because of that moment in time that changed everything, for many of us in this room, our lives have changed. We're going to talk a lot about the resurrection of Jesus today. And we're going to go straight to God's word in just a few moments and look at a couple of passages that talk about the importance of the moments in Jesus' life that changed everything. But before we do that, I want to reflect on a few other moments that changed everything. Back in the late 1800s, there was a gentleman by the name of William Wilberforce. In fact, I have his picture, or at least the picture of his statue for you, coming up on the side screens. William Wilberforce... He was a major movement, he, he was a part of the major movement, the beginner of the major movement for the abolition or the freedom of slaves in England. And in 1833, on July 26, at the stroke of midnight, an act, a new law, went into effect. It was a law that went to, into effect because William Wilberforce successfully petitioned Parliament to change the law. And they did. The Slavery Abolitionist Act of July 26, 1833, at the stroke of midnight, meant that some 350,000 slaves in the nation of England would be instantly declared free. It's said that on that night, the night before, um, the night before the stroke of midnight, those slaves all over England stayed up very late. And at 11.59 and 59 seconds, they were still slaves. But at the stroke of midnight, the law went into immediate effect, and instantly everything changed for them. And that movement across the big pond spread seeds of change all over the globe. And eventually, our own nation caught up to speed with the change that happened in a moment. When I was in high school, back when dinosaurs roamed the earth, I remember a, a, a unique day in the history of our high school. Um, everybody was very, very excited. The, uh, the space shuttle program was relatively new, but it had been going long enough that they were being very innovative and, and forward-thinking about the program. And so months before this particular day, NASA had put out a challenge to the teachers across America. Apply if you would like, let us train you, and we'll pick one teacher and send them up in the Space Shuttle Challenger with the astronauts. Well, teachers all over America were just thrilled about this. And on the day that the Space Shuttle was taking off, all over America, in my high school as well, the televisions were turned on, and students and teachers alike were watching the events unfold in real time. 
And I'll never forget that when the countdown hit zero and the, the space shuttle began to, to zoom towards space, there was in my high school room a, a smattering of many, many teachers and a, a handful of students. I was in kind of a commons area at the time. And this was in the day before high five, so everybody was given some skin all around the room, all right? And it was just, it was just exciting to watch. And we were watching as this thing took off, and in just a, a few moments into the flight, in a moment in time, would you help me with it one more time? In a moment in time, everything changed. And we watched to our horror what was a celebratory party-like atmosphere instantly changed to feel like a funeral. And the space shuttle Challenger blew up, and everybody on board was lost. It's true, life can change in a moment. For a couple hundred thousand slaves in England, for a handful of astronauts, and all the country watching alongside. In my own life, on December 30th, 1989, I stood before a woman, a minister, and an audience, and I declared my undying love as she did the same. And at some point in that ceremony that began somewhere around 12.30, just a few moments after, he looked at us and said, I now declare you husband and wife. You can kiss your bride. In fact, I think I have a picture of us right there. And in that moment in time, my life was forever changed. The power of a moment. Here's the truth. Your life can change in a moment. Your life can change in a moment. You've experienced this like I have. At the birth of a child. In that moment, well, guys think it's a moment. Women know it's a whole lot more than a, than a moment. At the birth of a child, everything changes. For some of you in the room, you've had that moment when a doctor looked at you, and with a stern look on his face, he said the word cancer. And others of you, you've gone through that process, and you went through your treatments, and at the end of a series of events that, that were horrific on you emotionally and physically, somebody looked at you and said, cancer-free. And in that moment, everything changed. Or you are at an interview, and at the end of the interview, the interviewer looked at you and said, you're hired. A few weeks ago, right here on our stage, right over here in the corner where we do it, there was a, uh, well, it's a horse trough is actually what it is. It's a baptismal pond for us. And in that moment together as a congregation, we celebrated life change that had happened for two young ladies, one very young, one adult. And, 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 and here's a picture um, of, of the young little girl that had just come up out of the water. There's her dad smiling, and there's, there's me beside. And, and in that moment, our church celebrated the life change that had taken place. There's another picture of the other girl that, that happened on that day right there just before she's about to go under, and she's surrounded by her small group of friends around her who have been talking about Jesus and studying about Jesus with adults who love them here in our environment. And in the moment, just after this picture was taken, she went under the water in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, indicating that there was a moment in time when she surrendered her life to Jesus, and because of that moment, everything changed for her. Yeah, there's great power in a moment. Great power in a moment. 
Guys, you know what this is like when you get that text from the girl you're dating, the one you want to stay with forever. You're pretty sure she's the one. And she texts you and she says, do you know the phrase? Let's just be friends, right? Young ladies, you know about this. When you're waiting for a text from the guy and it never comes because guys don't text girls when they break up. They just kind of change lanes and, and move on and you're, you're waiting for that thing. It's mind-boggling what can happen in a moment. And it's really hard to believe for those that have had a, a very long road and have been in the middle of incredible difficult times that in a moment everything can change. When I was five years old, I can take you to the very place where in a church much like this where there were adults who were very busy in life, but they carved out time to serve our church. When adults were in a room with me and somebody explained to me that there was a Jesus who loved me. And I remember the day like it was yesterday that at five years old, I literally put my knees on the ground, prayed a prayer as I was led, and accepted Jesus into my life. And in that moment, things changed for me. Later on, I was about 17, and what I had done as a kid had in, to some degree grown dim in my mind, never grew dim in the mind of Christ. And at 17, I reaffirmed, and I can take you to that place where it happened. When I sensed God's spirit, God's presence on my life, calling me back to him in a way that hadn't been true for me in the previous years, and in a moment in time, would you help me one more time? In a moment in time, my life was changed. And I began a life of surrender in that moment. Anything good that's ever happened in my life is somehow directly connected to that time when I surrendered my life as an adult, fully understanding what I was doing to the cause of Christ in my life. It's incredibly powerful what can happen in a moment. My wife and I, Jill, we have four kids, and we have a piece of paper that came with each one of those kids, and it marks a time, a date, and a time, down to the very minute that each of those kids were born. A few months ago, I had the sad misfortune of participating in the funeral for my mom, and with her, there is another piece of paper that indicates the time and date of her passing. Now, there's great power, great power in a moment. But we're not here to just talk about us today. We're here to talk about Jesus and the difference that his life made and a few of the moments in his life that changed everything. I want you to think for just a few moments about the life that he lived. He lived like nobody else had ever lived. And he loved like nobody else had ever loved. And he served like nobody else had ever served. And he taught like nobody else had ever taught. And he healed like nobody else had ever healed. And he died like nobody else had ever died. And today we celebrate that like no one else in human history, he is no longer dead, but he's alive. He was fearless, guileless, strategic and sincere, powerful but approachable, human and divine, he lived an incredible life. And there are three moments I want to take you to in the life of Jesus that I think define the power of a moment. These are my opinions. You can disagree with me. But they define the power of a moment and the hope that is contained in a moment that maybe yet you have not experienced. The first one in the life of Jesus is the night 
that he gathered with his followers, the disciples. We call it the Last Supper. We're going to celebrate it here in a few minutes together. He gathered with his disciples, and the foot washer boy did not show up. So Peter's all upset. He asked James, did you text him and ask him if he was coming? And the little boy didn't show up, so they began to argue. And they were convinced that nobody in the room would stoop to wash anybody else's feet because that was beneath them. That belonged to a servant. And what nobody else would stoop to do, Jesus grabbed a towel, lowered his knees to the ground, and washed the feet of his disciples. And then another kind of argument broke out. Jesus, you're the king. You're not doing a job fit for a king. Don't do this. And Jesus says, okay, let's go with that argument for just a moment. Let's make a point about that argument. If I, being a king, would stoop to wash your feet, how much more should you stoop to serve, love, support, encourage one another? And in that moment in time, would you do it again one more time? In that moment in time, everything changed. In that moment in time, Jesus redefined greatness in a way that the world had never heard. He cast a vision for serving that so gripped the minds and hearts of humanity that even people that don't believe he is the resurrected Christ look at his life and say, there's some power there that this world needs and needs to tap into. He challenged the structures. He begged the question, who is the greatest and how do you arrive at greatness? In that moment when he humbled himself, stooped to serve, all of humanity changed. And it's never been the same since. It has toppled empires. You don't believe me? Ask the Caesars of Rome. Long after the Roman Empire was gone, what began as a rebellious movement of dissidents, at least that's what they thought, has now become a worldwide movement that at least one-third of the population on earth today declared Jesus to be the sovereign king over all. This story is found for us in John chapter 13, verse 4 and 5. Here's what the verses say. He got up from the meal, took off his outer clothing, and he wrapped a towel around his waist. And after that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet. Drying them with a towel that was wrapped around him. In a moment, Jesus forever changed the definition of greatness. I have seen person after person in this church who were, who were incredibly busy, had incredible challenges in their life, weren't perfect and were clearly broken in some way, walk right in the steps in Jesus. And in a moment in time, they have decided that they were going to make their lives about more than just them. And in their own way, in a variety of environments, they stooped to serve. And in their life, in a moment, it changed everything. Could you imagine with me for just a moment what would happen in our world if every politician in Washington, 
were to pick up the charge that their role is to serve, to serve their constituencies, to work aggressively together towards a common cause of making our country all that it could be, if they would lay down their petty partisanship and their own agendas and whatever else might be going on, and they would pick up instead the charge to serve, to stoop, to humble themselves. Friends, in that moment in time, our nation would change. The results of that decision would have a ripple effect on all of us. Could you imagine what would happen around our globe if men who preyed on little girls in the sex trade trafficking environment in which we live, if they would decide to stoop and humble themselves and rather to prey on innocent victims, serve them instead and protect them instead, and in a moment decide that they were going to stop doing what they're doing and instead serve like Jesus served. Could you imagine what would happen in North Korea today if not being led by a dictator, but instead led by a servant? What would happen in America today if husbands looked at their wives and said, today, in this moment, I decide I'm here to serve you. And as they were speaking, their wives spoke up and said, wait, wait, I feel called by Christ in this moment to serve you. Can you imagine the difference that would make in homes all across America? Could you imagine the difference it would make if high school-aged boys and girls were to come home and say, Mom and Dad, I'm here to serve you? Now, first of all, there would be fainting and mass chaos all over America. <laughs> it clearly would happen. What Jesus did in a moment and set the bar of what greatness would for, forever be defined as, it changed everything. This isn't the only place in the life of Jesus where in a moment everything was changed. I want to take you to one powerful verse from Jesus in John chapter 10, verse 18. Here's what Jesus said. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down myself. You know what he was talking about? No one takes it from me. I'm not a victim. It appears that I'm caught up in a series of events by powers greater than me, and now I'm being railroaded towards the cross. But that's not Jesus' perspective at all. His perspective is that he was a willing sacrifice. He willingly, he volunteered to go to the cross. In Luke chapter 9, verse 51, here's how the Bible tells us and defines that moment in time. Luke chapter 9, verse 51. As the time approached for him to be taken, Jesus resolutely set out for Jerusalem. Time's winding down, and he makes up his mind. In a moment, help me, would you? In a moment, he decides, now's the time. I'm going to volunteer to give my life. And in that moment in time, everything changed. When the prophet Isaiah was talking about it, he used this phrase, talking about what Jesus would do in that moment. He said that he would set his face like a flint towards Jerusalem. 
A flint rock was the hardest substance they had. They would sharpen their axes and their swords on flint rocks. And when they would, sparks would fly because the flint was hard. And the flint would mold everything else that came in contact with it. And Jesus set his face with great purpose towards Jerusalem to volunteer to go to the cross. Not everybody liked it. In fact, in one moment, Peter, the disciple, he amped up. And he drew his sword and he cut off a soldier's ear. And Jesus put an immediate stop to it. And he said, Peter, don't you understand that if I wanted to, I could call down legions of angels. 6,000 soldiers in a legion. I could call many of them down. We're not lacking firepower, Peter. I'm not a victim. When heaven wanted to do its redemptive work, I raised my hand. And in that moment, everything changed. I don't want to press the point too far here, but I know that there are several in this room that are still questioning the basic tenets of Christianity. I just want you to ask yourself, as you look the world over at all of the religions, and you think and you contemplate and you go on an honest search, I want you to ask yourself as you look at other religions, is there another movement in the world that is driven at its core by self-sacrificing love? It's a quest I went on as I was coming to terms with the faith that had been given to me and the faith that I would maybe choose to walk for myself as an adult. As I looked around, I did not see another movement that at its core was driven by self-sacrificing love, the kind of self-sacrificing love that Jesus demonstrated in the moment when he set his face like a flint towards Jerusalem and he willingly moved towards the cross and set in motion a series of events in which he was hung on the cross as a ransom for all of us to cover all of our sins. And because of that moment in time, we now have forgiveness of sins. We can be adopted as sons and daughters. We can have a clean conscience. We can trace it all back to that moment in time when he set his face like a flint, resolutely determined to go. I have seen people in this room set their face towards very difficult obstacles. You're sitting around people that have set their face towards dealing with an addictive pattern that began as an innocent pastime, and over months, over years, it captured them. What seemed to be harmless ended up caging them in. Just a few months ago, I sat with a young man that found himself in the throes of internet porn addiction and the sense of shame and powerlessness that was upon him. And as he poured out his heart, talking about how he never thought he would be here, as it was literally ruining his marriage, I had the opportunity to explain to him the power of the moment to decide to let the resurrected Christ come into his life. And in that moment in time, he made a decision that is already making all the difference in his life. There is great power. I've seen people in our church who have been swept along, and the privilege of pastoring this church is significant because I've never known a more resourced group of people who are more intelligent and, and, and have greater skills and ability than any group of people in all the places I've ever been involved ever heard of. We are an incredibly gifted group of people. 
And that puts a burden on me because the scripture tells us that to whom much is given, much is required. And I look around our church and I see people who at some point in their life made a decision that they were going to make their lives about more than just them. And then I look to others and they haven't yet made that decision And they're kind of being swept along by life's events and false hopes and dreams that are never going to fully satisfy. And my burden as a pastor is that in this church, maybe they would hear the message that in a moment, they can make a decision that their lives will be more than just about them and they won't be swept along, but there can be be purpose and meaning. Yeah. Yeah. In a moment, Jesus chose to walk willingly to give his life. And around you, there are people who have done the same thing. And in that moment of decision, everything changed for them. When Jesus stooped to serve, when he set his face like a flint towards Jerusalem, but also in that moment in time that I referenced earlier, when he was raised from death to life, conquering death once and for all. He conquered death once and for all. What this means is pragmatically he is alive. And if your faith and trust is in him, though you die, you don't stay dead either. This is the great hope that we have. But it's not just about eternity. I want to take you to Ephesians chapter 1, verse 18 through 20. And I want to talk to you about the power of the resurrection, not just for eternity, but for our lives here and now. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 18 through 20. Here's what Paul writes to that church. And it's my prayer for you as well. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened, that you can see, in order that you may know, see it, know it, see it, trust it. What what does Paul want the Ephesians to know? That his, God's incomparable great power for us who believe, the power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead. Paul writes, I want you to see it. I want you to know it. I want you to trust it, that the power that raised Jesus from the dead is at work in our lives as well. The power that raised Jesus from the dead can change your life and my life in a moment. It can literally change everything. Every once in a while, I'll meet somebody and they don't sound all that impressed with the resurrection maybe there's doubt doesn't sound impressive sounds too much like a fairy tale and yet this event literally changed human history and i just challenge you if you know if you're a skeptic here that's fine we we built a church in large part for skeptics to take their time and to think through issues of faith and be able to belong in this environment while they ask their honest questions but i just want to challenge you be fully honest here Because I think that if you look at the evidences that the resurrection had significant power and that people who were eyewitnesses believed it fully, especially to the point of death, I think there's compelling reason, apart from faith, to look at the resurrection and go, there's something here. It it demands my attention. There are many of us in this room that believe that in that very moment when Jesus was resurrected from the dead, all of time and space changed this is what paul was trying to get at in ephesians chapter one 
In one version of the English Bible, there are many attempts to translate from the Greek into English. Ephesians 1.19, we already read it, but it's, it's read this way in that particular English version. It says that the very same power, the very same power, the very same power that raised Jesus from the dead is available to you. It's the power to do battle, to defeat internet pornography if that's a hold, or any other addiction. There are literally tens of millions of people around the world and dozens in our church who took the 12 steps of AA seriously. And on that second step, they put their faith in a power higher than them to deal with the challenge they could not deal with on their own. They tapped into a power that wasn't theirs. In my life, from time to time, I've had to tap into a power that wasn't mine. It was the very power that raised Jesus from the dead, and that's pretty potent power. I don't know if you've ever tried it. If you want to see how powerful it is, on the way home, stop by our local graveyard. See, see what you can do. And yet for Jesus, he walked out of that grave. Millions and millions of people have put their hope and trust into a power greater than them. And on Resurrection Weekend, there is still available to humble people a power available to them by a God who loved them that in a moment was dead but became alive. And if they're willing to ask for his help, it can change everything. If you're a regular attender of this church, you know that near the end of my messages, I ask you to get out your connect card and we usually quickly roll through some next steps. But here's what I'd like you to do right now. I'd like you to, everybody in the room, grab out your connect card, but we're not, connect card, but we're not gonna speed through. Your connect card looks like this, and on the front of it, there's A, B, C, D, and E. And I'd like you, without like getting all distracted or thinking I'm, you know, like done, I, I want you to just kind of hold this card, maybe grab that pen, and I want to talk to you for just a couple moments. I want to talk to you about the power of a moment. Right here on this screen, there's a time coming up. The time right now is 10.18. I don't know, but it could be that 10.18 on Easter Sunday morning in the year 2014 can become a change for you. It could be that all the way through my talking with you today and making the argument that there's great power in a moment, it could be that already you felt yourself stirred. I believe, because we have prayed, we have gotten this place physically ready, and we've gotten our hearts spiritually ready, and we know that largely it's not about a building for us. It's always about people. I believe that it's not an accident that you're here and that for many people in this room, in the next few minutes, you're going to have a, a moment. A moment that's going to change things for you. A catalyzing event where you pivot, and in that moment, things change. For some of you, I sincerely believe your eternity is going to be changed. So I'm going to give you an opportunity in a moment. It's 10.20 right now. I'm going to give you an opportunity to put your faith and trust in Jesus. To let him become your savior, the forgiver of your sins, and the leader of your life. For others of you, your moment looks different. And you need to do like the man I was talking about. You need to tap into a power higher than yours, greater than yours. 
and ask God to help you be free from some behavior that began innocent enough, but it has become chains around you. And in this moment, maybe it's 1020, you can decide that you're going to let the power that raised Jesus from the dead change your life. You can begin a journey. For his power is at work in you and with other resources around you that will free you from the bonds that hold you. I'm aware today on a very deep level that there is relational brokenness all around us. And for some of us, it's 1021. We need to make a decision to forgive and attempt to reconcile and move on. While you can't control another person, in this moment, it could be that God's tapping you on the shoulder and saying, let me demonstrate for you in my life when I stooped to serve the power of reconciliation. The greatest moment, one of the greatest moments for me in the life of this church in the last three months was when a couple came after we had been talking about marriage. They came and privately said to me, we were done We were done. And while you were speaking, the man said to me, while you were speaking, I sensed God say to me, come on, man. You have have two kids. I mean, really? You're done? While he was talking, his wife was just crying. And she said, mine was different, but while you were talking, I got the sense that if he was willing, I'd be willing. And in that moment, they both independently but together decided that they were going to fight for their marriage. It's 1022. And in this moment, the power of the resurrected Christ can be at work in your life to heal your marriage. That is the power of a moment. That is the power of the bent knee. That is the power of setting your face like a flint. And that is the power that raised Jesus from the dead that is also at work in our mortal bodies. And it changes everything. Some of us have been walking relatively aimlessly and selfishly, swept along by our own agendas, and we're feeling the tug to make our lives about more than just us and our little part of the world and our little house and our little jobs and to do something greater and be about something more significant that lasts. I think for some of you, honestly, it's about being a part of this church. That's not my decision, it's yours. If not us, some other great church, and if not a church, a significant cause that's greater than you, that makes real difference, and you carve out a piece of your time and resources and intellect and talent, and you devote it to that thing, and you're no longer aimlessly swept along, but in a moment, maybe it's 1024, in a moment, you decide, I'm going to give in to something more than me. I'm going to stoop to serve. I'm going to set my face like a flint towards the thing that God's calling me to do. I stand here today largely because 35, 40 years ago, my mom and dad made a decision that church would be a big part of our family's lives 
that they would raise their kids in church so that every seven days their sons and daughters would hear the message of Jesus. And by that repeated exposure, perhaps it would take root in their kids' lives. Because my dad and mom understood the power of a moment, especially a moment revisited over and over and over again. And I think maybe, I'm not trying to pressure you, but I think maybe that at, at 1024, 1025 almost, some of you need to decide that what God said in his word that every seven days we need to recharge. We need to build back up. We need to worship him. We need to submit to his word. We need to gather with people going in the same direction. I think that maybe at 1025, you could in a moment make that decision. That church is going to be a big part of your and your family's life moving forward. There's great power in a moment. Don't miss it. Around here, we use this tool, the Connect card. So would you look at next step A? It's 1025. Is there anybody in the room, just by checking next step A, say, as an act of your faith, I want to accept Jesus as my Savior and Lord. I admit I'm a sinner and I need him. If so, check that. Later in the service, when the offering buckets come around, you just put this card in there. You're not joining our church. You're not committing to give money. We just want to send you information about what it means to be a follower of Jesus. And in a moment, I'm going to pray about that and give you a chance to use your words or borrow mine. And with, with a bent heart, say to God, God, I accept you. I believe in your death and resurrection. I want to follow you with my life. Or how about next step B? to make the decision right now to get baptized and go public with your faith. Here's how I worded next step C on the screens up here. At 1026, I'm setting my face toward. And I didn't want to script this too much for you. But is there something God's calling you to set your face toward? Why don't you think about this? Check C and just write the time in one or two words. You don't need to reveal anything to me. Just one or two words that say, if God, listen, don't do it for me, but if you feel God prompting you, if you believe God's spirit is tapping you on the shoulder, what is he asking you to set your face towards? Addiction? Reconciliation? Purpose? Meaning? Serving? Giving yourself to something greater? Bringing your family consistently to church? Regularly exposing them to the message of Jesus? Here's next step D, just as a way of kind of sharing beyond us. I'm committing to do my best to attend all five weeks of the 4C Hope Message Series. For four more weeks, you've already got one of the five down. We're going to talk about the power of hope. Not just the power of a moment, the power of hope and its sustaining ability in the darkest of times. And you might have a friend who could use a message like that. Get him here. Check the box. Let us pray with you about that. Or how about next step B? I'm committing to stoop and serve others with greater intentionality than I ever have. I hope for dozens of you it's here in the life of this church. We don't feel complete because we believe we need your passion, your gifts, your call at work in this place in partnership with others to bring glory to God and to change people's lives. But if not here, find a church. Find a cause. Don't be swept along in life. Give yourself to something more. Let's pray about these things right now. Heavenly Father, I want to thank you that you raised Jesus from the dead. 
that he gave his life willingly, but he's no longer dead. And the power that raised him from the dead is at work in our mortal bodies, that very same power. God, I pray that these last few moments would be moments that change lives. That we wouldn't waste them. So, Lord, I lift up those who are declaring, Jesus, be my Savior. God, I'm a sinner. Forgive me. Wash me clean. I accept what Jesus has done in his death and resurrection. I want you to be my Lord, my leader. God, I pray for those that are setting their face towards some task, their marriage, dealing with addiction, reconciling, committing to doing family differently. God, I pray for those that you're calling into service. God, I pray for those that need to hear a message of hope. God, help us understand the power of a moment, especially when you're in it. I pray these things in the name of Jesus, the strong and holy Son of God. Amen and amen.